was all worth it because now I have the life I've always dreamed of from the standpoint yeah. of I can control my time and my lifestyle and my family gets the benefit of that. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I've got Ryan McKenna. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Todd. How are you? I am fantastic. A little bit about Ryan. He's a full-time real estate investor, syndicator, and founder of McKenna Capital, private equity company that helps people passively invest in real estate syndications. They focus on value-add multifamily some self-storage and alternative assets. And we'll dig into what that means. McKenna Capital has helped hundreds of investors around the country invest in commercial real estate, totaling over 10,000 units with a portfolio asset value north of a billion dollars. Ryan, welcome to the show. Um, and why don't you give the listeners a bit more about your background and so they can know kind of where you came from and, and where you're at right now. Sure, sure. Thanks, Todd, again for having me on the show. And yeah, to, I guess take you back to the kind of the the, the early part of uh, it, it, you know my career is you know I've always wanted to get into um, you know real estate investing specifically. I just at a young age I I've always you know saw the you know being an investor and having your money kind of go work for you was something I, I just wanted to build over time and. Uh, coming from an entrepreneurial family, my, my father was always able to coach me in all the sports and he had control of his time because he, he owned a business. And that was something that I always you know, told myself, like one day I want to be able to, to build something like that. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what industry it was going to be in, but I, I fell in love with real estate after uh, you know, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, in, in college, I, I played baseball at Arizona State. A teammate of mine, his father was an apartment syndicator. And so when I got kind of firsthand experience with someone who was doing this, you know, coming into the Phoenix market when we were playing games and, and you know, he, he would share, you know, firsthand experience of, you know, two, 300 unit apartment complex they were, they were buying and, and kind of taught me what a syndication was all about. So I knew back in the early 2000s that, you know, this was a very viable and lucrative business. And I just got kind of hooked. And from there, it was just, you know, a ton of research, ton of education, and just kind of waiting for the right opportunity for, for me to kind of launch into this. Uh, because I was under the assumption that, you know, I needed capital to really, you know, invest into real estate and to, you know, participate in syndications. Uh, but if I fast forward, you know, I, I started in a single family, kind of like most, dipped my toe, learned, you know, a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be a landlord and, and learned that I didn't necessarily feel like I could scale that, um, that type of real estate investing. And uh, when I finally got into real estate syndication, I actually in invested as a limited partner, a passive investor in my first five deals with my uh, teammate's father. And so I got really good you know, diversification in several markets and just really kind of saw the benefit of being a passive investor where, you know, I was working full time and I just, you know, couldn't really, you know, go in all these markets and, and do these deals on my own. But by passively investing, I was able to capture, you know, some of the same benefits I had when I had my own active portfolio, uh, but I didn't have to do any of the work, which, which was pretty remarkable. Um, and then I started, you know, looking at like investing with other sponsors because I wanted to really, you know, get as much experience as I could. Cause I knew my end goal was I wanted to be that sponsor. I wanted to put deals together. So I invested in about 12 deals passively 
uh, while I was still working full time with about five different sponsors in, in all different markets. And, and then at that point, I, I really was kind of planning my exit from, from the corporate job. And uh, I was, you know, all along the way sharing what I was doing with others. And I just felt like there's a lot of people in my network that had an interest in, you know, participating, you know, in these types of real estate syndications. Yeah. And uh, I just felt like, hey, maybe I could be that person to, to help them out and to create more awareness. And so um, that's when I kind of flipped from, you know, passive to, to the active part of the syndication business. And uh, so I do both today. I still passively invest in a lot of different deals. I absolutely love it. But the active part is, uh, is really cool too, just connecting with a lot of different um, investors and partners out there. And um, that's really kind of how my, my business has, uh, you know, um, kind of come to be. And it's all really out of, you know, the passive investing experiences I've had. So kind of every deal I look at is, is through that lens. That's, that's really cool. Um, what, what was, what business was your dad's? What industry was he in? So he was in the metal finishing industry. So hmm. basically putting like a rust preventative coating on like nuts, bolts, nails, screws, things like sure. that, that probably would go on, you know, a lot of automobiles, tractors, things like that, kind of heavy duty equipment. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a very interesting, very unique niche business. And, uh, you know, it's, it's third generation. I worked with him for about five years. So I, I uh, really got kind of that, you know, that, that experience as well. And uh, it was great. And uh, you're not, yeah. you're not taking over though, huh? I mean, no, uh, you know, I, I, real estate has taken over my, my passion <laughs> there is, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't suppress it. I mean, for a while I tried doing real estate. I've always done real estate on the side at whatever job I've had. It's just like, I just, I kept kind of getting you know drawn to real estate and I was just yeah. waiting for the day where I could break into it full time. And actually when, um, you know, the last crash we had in, in 2008 was like a time where I really wanted to get into real estate, but it was just also, you know, a lot of uncertainty. And so I ended up getting to the insurance industry, which, um, you know, I had a lot of friends in that business that did well. And I felt like, all right, well, this was a good, place for me to go kind of in the interim and I could do well at it, but also kind of with the end goal, eventually, you know, getting back into real estate. And so I was able to, you know, invest um, some capital into real estate. And, um, and then over time, I just kept building it and then kind of made my, my exit um, full time a few years ago and haven't looked back. That's cool. That's cool. And it was so cool to have a friend's dad that's do, that's in the syndication industry yeah. because like, I had no clue what a syndication was and I was doing real estate for like five, six, seven years, probably, probably like seven years before I was like, what Cinda, what, like, what does that yeah. even mean? So that's really cool to be, it, it, you know, actually in that, it ch probably changes your mindset. Did it change your mind? Like, did you, before you met that guy or met, you know, your friend, did you even know what that was? Did you think it was possible to buy a two, 300 unit building? I didn't know how he did it. I was like, that's going to cost a lot of money, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, you know, when he told me what a syndication was, you know, it was pulling together a lot of investors, yeah. you know, to, to purchase, you know, uh, the, the, these large apartment complexes, you know, then it all kind of made sense. Made sense. And then it was like, uh, at the same time, I was literally reading, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert mm. Kiyosaki. And that laid out like the blueprint, the business plan for how yeah. to do it. And I felt like, wow, I, I have someone in real life that's doing it that I can tap into who's 
sending me books and, and telling me, Hey, go read this article. And oh, cool. I got this like firsthand experience. And then I'm like setting up my plan with, you know, with rich dad, poor dad of like, all right, I want to, you know, buy assets and I want, you know, convert earned income to passive income, you know, the tax benefits, all that stuff was like in my mind, I knew kind of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, but I just needed to get to a place in my life or my career where I felt like I had, you know, some, some capital and, and just, you know, could start deploying it. So it did take some time. It wasn't like it happened all right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, but when I got there, I was able to move quickly because I knew, I knew what I wanted to do. And, um, and so I just kind of executed on that, that plan. Awesome. What do you look for in a sponsor partner? What are maybe a couple key ingredients that you look for in a sponsor partner? Yeah, before we ever even look at a deal or talk about a deal, I mean, I'm trying to really get to know uh, who they are as a person, you know, like what's their character like, you know, what's mm -hmm. their, uh, their track record, the experience, um, just, you know, hey, do we have a good vibe, you know, is this going to be someone that I, I think I could work well with for, for many years to come, it, it, it's never a transaction, it is a long term relationship, partnership, and, and I just, it's kind of that, that gut, you know, Hey, is this, is this person, someone I can trust? Is this someone that I think is, you know, is very competent and, and they don't necessarily have to have all the experience in the world, but if they have got potential and I believe in them, you know, that's a good fit for me because I'm, I feel like I'm kind of that person where, you know, nothing is ever kind of perfectly laid out. There's going to be some bumps in the road, but you know, I want that person that they get knocked down, they're getting right back up and they're going to push forward. So a lot of those partnerships are people that I, I kind of see those qualities in and um, that I just naturally kind of gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah. And for then sure. I guess, you know, other things would be, yeah, their track record, the, the market that they're focused in on, you know, the deals that they've done um, you know, how, how they, you know, work with investors, um, you know, the, the reporting, the communication, all that type of stuff, you know, the underwriting philosophy, you know, how conservative they are, those things that, you know, that's kind of the next level, um, you know, once I got into, because I meet a lot of different people being in this industry, and um, there's a lot of great people. And so yeah. that's kind of at the, at the most basic core is, you know, if that, if it passes that test, then it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, what does it look like, um, you know, if, if we were to partner on some deals or JV some deals together and just really getting an understanding for their business plan and their philosophy and just, you know, seeing if it's a fit. And there might be, you know, um, reasons why everything lines up, but it's still not, a you know, the timing's not good or other reasons, but um, that doesn't mean that down the road we, we can't, you know, kind of reconvene and, and have that, you know, discussion again. If you're exploring the different ways to invest in real estate, then you've got to check out my new book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes, reviews, and condenses over 20 top real estate books to help give you an understanding of the full spectrum of real estate investing very quickly. So buy it today on Amazon by searching for Book About Real Estate by Matt Jones. Is there any like red flags that you see you're talking to somebody? Do you have a good conversation going? Yeah, I would say, yeah, red flag when, you know, someone's reaching out and it's like, you know, they're already starting to talk about a deal and, mm. and it's like, you know, it's something that is, you know, coming up soon or, you know, and I'm like, just met this person, you know, like that, that's kind of for me, like, 
someone, you know, it tells me number one, that, that they might be struggling, you know, to, to put something together and it could be a last minute thing. Um, but that's, that's not how I operate. I, I don't want to, you know, get into any sort of situation where it's rushed or it, you know, things aren't fully vetted. Um, and, you know, cause I, I take a long-term approach. Um, but also, you know, if, if they're not very, that, that transparent, you know, like there's, there's certain people, or I would say, even as a passive investor, there's certain groups I've invested with where, I would say they have more of an institutional feel to them. And it's just like, Hey, just trust us. We've got a great track record. And it's like, you know, I don't want to reach out and not get a, you know, a question or two answered or feel like you're getting kind of brushed off. That to me is a sign. Like, I'm not saying that they're a bad operator, but it's just like, maybe that's just not a good fit because I'm just going to be kind of a small fish in a big pond. And I just, I feel like, um, you know, that's fine for some investments, but if I'm really going to have a partnership and really work with someone, like I want someone who's kind of giving the same amount of, you know, time and energy that I'm putting into this business, <laughs> you know, yeah, I kind of want right. that reciprocated a little bit. Yeah, de definitely. I can see that, you know, if it, especially the communication. Look, I've got investors in this thing. They, these, yeah. these, these investors want answers from me. And if I can't provide them the answers that they're asking for, that's just a bad deal all around. You know, your communication, your success hinges on your, your ability to communicate and obviously perform as well, but you can't communicate. Yeah. And it's, it's your <laughs> reputation as well. And, and, you know, I'm the type of person that like, yeah, maybe I over communicate here and there, but I just, oh, that's um, better than I just want to be responsive. Like, even if I can't get yeah. back to someone, I will, you know, or I can't get an answer. I will at least acknowledge, Hey, I received your email. Uh, things are real busy right now. I'll get back to you, you know, tomorrow or something, but at least I yeah. feel like, you know, they're not sitting around waiting, wondering if hey, I just forgot about the wondering. email. I won't ever respond. And yeah. Yep. That's, that's critical. Communication is really huge. I mean, people like, you know, they're trusting you with your, their money. And if you're not going to be able to communicate with them, how are they going to trust you? So, yeah, I mean, and that's huge turnoff. And, you know, if that happens, you know, initially it's, it's hard to overcome that. I think just because mm -hmm. you just, your gut tells you that hey, something isn't right here. I just didn't have a good feeling about that. Um, so I think, you know, kind of that first impression, the first conversation, you know, it sets the stage for, you know, potentially, you know, an opportunity to work together or an opportunity to say, you know, find a new sponsor that, you know, as a limited partner might be a good, you know, good place to put your capital. And, you know, so I think that first interaction is, is huge. You know, you've got um, a portfolio asset value north of a billion dollars. So you've raised a couple bucks uh, in equity. Give us some um, pointers, some tips, you know, raising equity, working with investors, where do you find them? How do you communicate with them? That type of stuff. Yeah. So I was able to um, really tap into my network um, to start. I mean, I think, you know, it could look like a lot of this happened overnight, but, but I always tell everyone, this is 15, 20 years in the making of, yeah. you know, being in the business world and cultivating these relationships when I was working, you know, with my dad and all the other business owners, you know, in his circle. And then um, when I got in the insurance industry, working with all these business owners or, or centers of influence, people that I would network with. And so it was all kind of, you know, leading up and building up. Like I didn't have it perfectly laid out, but like, I always kind of took the approach of like, you know, always treat people well, always be good to them. You never know, like when something, maybe an opportunity is going to come around. And sure enough, when I got, you know, when I saw that here was my path, I mean, this, when I got into this business, I, I, I tell myself, I, I joke, but I mean, this is what I was born to do. And I just, I, I'm happy I found it because I absolutely love it. Um, you know, you try different things in life, but this just 
feels so natural to mm. me. And I just, I absolutely love everything about it. So I wanted to share what I was doing with other people. And I literally went through, I put together a spreadsheet and I had over 250 people in my network, just from, you know, people I, you know, casually knew, but I felt like they're, you know, they might be interested in something like this to, you know, to family. And um, I literally went and met or called every single one of them and had a conversation. And it was very, you know, short and sweet, but it was, you know, I wanted to share, you know, an update with them with what I was doing on the side and kind of something I was passionate about. And out of all those people, there was only a handful of people that said, Hey, no, you know, I'm not interested in even just catching up with you or having a coffee. So I had a really high response rate where, you know, it was just to catch up and it wasn't like I had a deal or anything like that. It was just like, Hey, here's what I've been doing. I was speaking to my experience as a passive investor and what it was like. And there was a general, you know, interest across the board and curiosity in these types of investments. And so, you know, a lot of my network had asked me to keep them in the loop. So, you know, looking back on it, I was planting that seed early on and really kind of sharing what I was doing because I was also working full time somewhere else. And so, you know, if you're doing that and all of a sudden, you know, you have a deal and then people are like, wait a minute, I thought you did this, you know, like you got to think ahead of like what that looks like to them and the perception. And so, um, but yeah, for me, it was like, I talk about real estate when I'm out with my friends at a party, you know, like it just naturally comes out. So it was like, I just felt like, Hey, this is a role. I'm just creating a lot of awareness and sharing something and people can feel that and see that. And I think that goes a long way. Um, so once I was really kind of able to tap into my network and really, you know, build that base, then we started to have some opportunities and we started to, you know, really, you know, get some traction. I wouldn't say things, you know, went smoothly, but you know, we, we, you, you do a deal or two and then you start building some momentum. And then, you know, now it's, it's, it's absolutely, you know, phenomenal from the, from the standpoint of, you know, if you're in any sort of business or sales where you kind of hit the point where that momentum is, is helping carry you where, um, you know, I spent 18 months of just going out, networking, hustling, you know, four or five, you know, conversations a day to, I don't even do that anymore from the, the, the proactive outreach. It is all inbound. It is all referrals. It is all people coming, you know, to my website or friends and family. And like that, I think in any business is, is great to see because, you know, you've got really high, you know, repeat investors, but you got them sharing it with their network. It's almost like having a whole nother sales team working for you. And that is where I spend most of my day, just, just having those conversations. And, um, and so it's, it's really, you know, rewarding, I think, and fulfilling to see that happen over time, but it took a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, nights and weekends and, and just trying to do everything I could. But now I finally, you know, I'm seeing some of that momentum pay off a bit. Yeah. I, I like that you actually mentioned that it didn't, this just didn't happen overnight. You know, so yeah. many people like think, Oh man, he's, uh, how can I do that? And then and it happens over, you know, like this, this guy just was gifted with yeah. it, investors. They fell out of the sky or whatever. And it's like, no, this was a real effort. It took a long time. You cultivated these relationships. One of the things too, is I see a lot of people that want to quit their full-time jobs immediately as quickly as possible. And something that obviously you did not do. And there's value to keeping that W-2 job. Not only did you have money to invest, right? Passively, but there's relationships that you're able to build. And you're able to talk with these people. You're able to really expand that network. And now those are your investors. My guess is that you have at least a few people from your W-2 or connections throughout that are your investors. Is that right? 
Yeah, that there's a lot because yeah. you know I built up those relationships, and it was it was hard to leave because I was walking away from you know a career that I spent ten years building, and I built sure, a book sure. of business, and I actually walked away from you know a really good position, good paying job, and so there was there was risk involved, but it was all calculated. But it also you know what helped me was that I had built a solid you know foundation of passive income, so I had something to fall back on if things didn't go as planned or maybe it went a little bit slower. Um, and that's why I felt, felt like it was important to, to do that while I was still working full-time. So I spent about a year or so, I mean, it was, it was probably, the, it was a hellish year. I mean, not going to lie. I mean, just with, it was a great year though, but that just, I was also, you know, going through, um, and getting my MBA at Notre Dame when, when this all was, you know, I was building a business working full-time and I just actually had my second daughter. So I was juggling <laughs> all this on my plate for about a year. And it was absolutely insane, but, but I was able to pull it off. And I mean, I specifically went to Notre Dame, paid for every penny of it to build relationships. I mean, I obviously got a great deal out of the education, but that is a lifetime of relationships and people that I still associate with today. It is great for you know this type of business, um, but I also do a lot of angel investing. So I joined um, Irish Angels. So I invest in a lot of startup businesses as well, but I'm part of communities of people now that that I have, you know, relationship with that, that are interested in investing. So a lot of investors have come from, you know, tapping into that network and same thing with Arizona state um, and, and just some teammates, things like that. So everything I've done has been very purposeful. Like not that I'm trying to just do this to go, you know, get money from everyone. It's, it's to build relationships and you just never know where those relationships will take you. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's my whole point of like, that's why I did it and why I felt like, you know, um, you know, it wasn't going to pay me more money in my insurance business. It was going to open up doors for more connections that could bring in more business. But um, it ultimately led me to, you know, tap into a big network of people that, you know, were passionate about um, investing in business in general. And so uh, it really helped propel my business when I was, you know, finished the program, got that off my plate, and then have some of my time back. And then it was just a matter of like, all right, I'm running two businesses here. I've got to pick one and real estate was where I always wanted to end up. So it just, it was kind of an easy decision, even though it was tough leaving everyone that I'd worked with for, for many years. And um, so that, that's just kind of, yeah, again, to recap my story with some more details. Um, that's just kind of how things ended up playing out for me. Anybody who's been an entrepreneur has been through something similar that, that just that time where you're just grinding and you're, it seems like you never sleep. I, and it happened to me when my first daughter was born and maybe many other times probably since then, but, but the one I can like, just like, just, I don't, it was just like a fog, right? You'd wake up, you'd work your full-time job, you'd work your real estate. And then you got your kid and you barely see your kid, but you still got to take care of your kid. And yeah. like, and then you wake up three hours after you go to bed and do it all over again. It's yeah. just like crazy times, but that's, that happens, but it's all, it all works out. If, if you can keep that, you know, keep that momentum going and obviously be persistent and consistent. It, it, at least for me and for many other people that I've known that put that effort into it, it ends up working out. And my guess is, it's not always, it's not always crazy right now. You, you've got some free time. You've got some flexibility at, at times. Yeah, it is definitely like, 
you know, slowed down to the point where, you know, I don't have so much on my plate, but I felt like, you know, a lot of times, you know, life presents opportunities and sometimes you just can't wait around for them. And I had yeah. to you yeah. know, take advantage yeah. of it. And, you know, I had to pile on more, you know, the late nights, the weekends, but it was all worth it because now I have the life I've always dreamed of from the standpoint yeah. of I can control my time and my lifestyle and my family gets the benefit of that. And, um, and that's what I was working towards all these years. Just, I didn't really know how I was going to put it all together, but I finally was able to figure out a strategy and, and a way to do it. And um, yeah, so, the, so all the time and effort, you know, is completely, you know, been worth it. And, um, and, and to, so today I'm very, you know, my time is very valuable to me and I, I try to protect that as much as I can because um, I don't want to go back to the, you know, what I went through because it was, it was a lot. And, um, but I sacrificed to get here and, uh, and I'm going to, you know, keep, keep it going, but be smart about, you know, how I'm building and, and what I'm doing to not get caught up in that craziness again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, if he had to, you probably would, but uh, yeah, if, 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 if it went away tomorrow, <laughs> I would absolutely build it back, build it back up again. Yeah, I mean, you could throw exactly. me on an island with nothing, and I, I really do believe I'd figure it out. And uh, yeah. not saying that I would want to do that, but if I was in that situation, that's all I know. I mean, every my, my whole life, it's been you know, yeah. dealing with adversity some some way, shape, or form, and trying to you know figure out a way to overcome it. So um, that that's why I think just being an entrepreneur is is you know it fits kind of what I, you know, what I like to do, who I am. And I'm always, you know, looking at, you know, the next thing and building and, and like, it just, it keeps me going. I've got a lot of energy. So I like to uh, keep that in motion. Yeah. Love it. Uh, when I introduced you, I said, you've got some alternative assets in your portfolio um, or do you send, do you like syndicate those, bring on other investors run those or like, and what does alternative assets mean? Yeah, uh, we, we do syndicate. And I also personally invest in a lot of alternatives as well. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we, we've done, um, syndication in the mobile home park space, um, self-storage space. We did a litigation fund. We did an, What's AT a, what do you mean by litigation fund? I'm, I'm not familiar. What's that? So we investing in mass torts. So it's kind of, it's one of those um, investments where it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty unique, but it's also, um, you know, mass torts. Uh, most of the um, claimants have, you know, defined, you know, benefit or payout. Um, so if you give you an example, like you've probably seen all the infomercials out there, like for someone that has, you know, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or got mesothelioma. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, actually a, a business around, you know, that you've got the, the marketing arm of that, the, you know, there, there's specific um, advertising firms that, that focus in, in, in kind of the, the, the tort business. And then you've got these mass tort lawyers who, you know, either represent the, um, the claimants or just, you know, there's this whole business model behind all this. And so it's really about, if you think about it in the most simplistic terms, I'm going to spend advertising dollars, right. To, to target my audience. And when we get people that actually have legitimate claims, because a lot of people don't know that, you know, maybe the something came from this or they got mm -hmm. cancer from that product, um, there's a huge roundup case going on right now where I think there's 8 billion in escrow that's just sitting there waiting to get paid out. So it's a matter of, you know, reaching the people that might have 
you know, um, some damages that are, that are owed to them. And then there, there's a whole business behind that of, you know, you spend the money, maybe it costs a couple thousand per person, you know, to get that lead. And then there's a whole market in, you can sell those leads to other law firms because they know there's a defined, you know, payout. So maybe that's worth 15 or 20,000 a lead. And then you sell them in batches of 50. And that's kind of the cash flow part of the business. And then there's also the, the long tail part of the business where you actually go and, um, you know, that law firm will take the case and maybe it's 18 months, but there's a much bigger payout. So it's kind of like this, you know, you, you, you churn the business every six months, roll the money back in and buy more leads. And there's seven or eight big mass torts that we follow. And um, you kind of repeat that business. And then over maybe a three, three and a half year cycle, then you kind of just cash out. Uh, so it's a very, you know, unique emerging asset class yeah, that I think wow. is very lucrative. Uh, right now with COVID though, it's been a little bit more challenging because, you know, with court systems kind of shut down, it's like yeah. some of these firms can kind of use that to their advantage to say, oh, we're not going to pay out right now because, uh, mm. you know, we, we can't, but, but the money's there and it's not like you need to go through a process of, you know, litigating to determine the value. It's already outlined there. It's just, you just have to prove that someone actually has that, um, you know, that, that legitimate claim. So there's doctors involved too, that you go through this process and, you know, once everything kind of checks the box, you know, you get your money. And, um, and so that's a fund that we're part of that really was, um, you know, when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, wow, this, this seems almost too good to be true. Very, you know, very lucrative, but it's also, you know, there was, you know, more additional risk there. Um, but, but so far it's going really well. And I, I really, um, I really like that. I'm looking forward to, you know, potentially maybe another opportunity down the road um, in that type of type of business. Hmm. Cool. That's, that's wild. It's so crazy how many different uh, investment opportunities are out there. You start opening your eyes to um, most of the general public has no clue about too. No, I, I no, had no I mean, clue about what you just mentioned. <laughs> I had no well, clue. Yeah. About. And I never thought, you know, two years ago, I'd be investing in ATMs too. And I, I, yeah. I, I put a fund together for that. I've personally invested in it. Um, I've invested in a hemp farm out in Colorado. And, uh, you know, I just look to diversify because there's a lot of really unique and creative opportunities. And, um, you know, I just feel like I, you never want to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but I really look for cash flow and then, you know, some sort of upside in the deal. And then the, kind of the third thing, kind of icing on the cake is the tax benefits. So those are really the three things that I'm, I'm most focused in on. And, uh, and I'm willing to take more risk if I feel like I've got a conservative portfolio and there's you know, an opportunity that might be, you know, maybe bigger upside, but there's, there's no cash flow or I got to kind of wait a few years. So I, I do tend to mix some of that in just to, you know, keep things interesting and, and um, you know, but most of the deals we do, you know, have that cash flow component to it. Cause that, you know, is super important and I want to take as much risk off the table as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, good stuff, man. This is, this has been fun. Um, we, we should probably wrap up. Uh, we could probably t- keep talking for, for a long time on this. This stuff gets me excited. Um, what's, what's a favorite book that you can uh, give to our listeners? You know, I, I, I hate to say the, the rich dad poor dad, that's always been the number one I've, a book I've, I've mentioned. Uh, and I'm sure it's, it's not <laughs> one that, that is new to anyone. Um, but so I'll go with another one. Um, there's a book called essentialism. It's, it's mm. the disciplined pursuit of doing less. 
and and really what the book is all about is you know your time and and, and placing a, a high value on the things that matter most and okay. so what it's taught me is someone who's always kind of like just wanted to do everything it's like look i got to figure out like it's the whole Pareto principle, the 80, 20 rule, you know, what, what are the, you know, 20% of the things I should focus in on that's going to bring 80% of the dollars in. And, and that's, that's where I, I mean, all day long, I, I spend my time, you know, talking with investors, our operating partners, and just, you know, things in general in the, in the real estate industry, just to kind of keep, you know, keep things moving forward. But I, I don't like to get sidetracked on other things that really, you know, aren't, material to my business because it just takes away from the things that are most important. Um, and then just learning to say no and doing it in a professional way, because you do have to say no. And there's things that will come and take up your time and yeah. you got to, you know, put a value on that. So this book really taught me, you know, how to do that. And then also how to tackle the most important things first in the morning. Cause for me, that's when my mind is most fresh and I've got, you know, the best focus. So I will try to tackle the hardest things get them done. And then sometimes those other things that were lingering out there in the afternoon, someone maybe already figured out the answer to it. And it was something I didn't need to deal with anyway. So yeah. it just kind of just going through that process. And, and that book I think is great because, it, you know, I really wanted to, you know, to limit the, the other things I was doing that just were sucking energy and negative energy, you know? Um, and, and, and so uh, I recommend that one. Yeah. We get so caught up in like the, 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 brown work right the work that's just like doesn't get the results yeah and i i'm guilty myself and like you just got to sometimes look at your calendar and like what what did i do today what did i actually do that was productive that's moving me forward and what did i do that was a lot of nonsense that maybe i can hand off to other people or maybe we can just cut out completely out of the yeah. business so i think that that's great I, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get that book because that's like always a goal of mine to try to make myself more efficient, more effective. Yeah, no. And I, and I think uh, it, the book outlines it well. I mean, as far as there's a lot of really, and it's an easy read, some good takeaways. And uh, yeah, I think it could ultimately, you know, making it more of an impact on your business and your life and, and give you a little bit more time back. And, and uh, yeah, so I highly recommend it. Cool. Awesome. So last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Let's see. I guess I would go back to the three things I said um, before. I mean, from it from an investing standpoint, is that what you're you're referring to? Hey, man, you can you can answer it however you want. A lot of people invest uh, say say investment standpoint. Some a lot of people say more of a philosophical standpoint. Well, I'll start with the investment since uh, that that really um, is something. I, I mean, there's three things that I look for, and it, it's the cash flow, some sort of value add upside in the deal and then great tax benefits. I mean, those would be the three pillars, I would say, from an investment standpoint that really get me excited. And, uh, you know, what I what I look forward to, um, you know, in life, I, I guess I would say, um, you know, my time is, is something that I think is the most, you know, valuable asset out there. And, and that um, is something which allows me to have more, uh, more time with my family and, and that, you know, family's number one. And, and I, but I've worked so hard to help give myself more of the family time. Um, and then I, I guess the third thing would be, you know, just giving back and helping others. You know, I felt like I've learned so much from people who had, you know, gone before me and done this. And I was just, was like a sponge, just trying to kind of soak up, you know, answers to, you know, uh, some of my questions. And, um, so I'm, I'm, try to be generous with what I've learned and try to help others. And I think, um, you know, that 
those three pillars would be, you know, very fulfilling if I can kind of keep that, you know, in motion and keep kind of, uh, you know, um, just kind of doubling down on, on, on those three things. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be in a happy place. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ryan, um, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on. The easiest place is just uh, my website, McKennaCapital.com. Um, from there, um, you know, we can sync up, whether it's a call, um, you know, all the social sites uh, we're on, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So, uh, but yeah, the website pretty much has, has kind of everything kind of all wrapped into one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ryan, look, I, I really appreciate you joining us, spending time with us. I know I got a lot of it out of it. I know our listeners did as well. So um, love talking about just the different types of assets and, and honestly, um, a lot of good, a lot of good foundational, uh, things about, you know, meeting with sponsors, with partners, with talking with investors, with just fundamentals on honestly, how do you even get started in this business or in any business, quite frankly. Um, so a lot of, a lot of great tools that you're able to give us. So appreciate that. And thanks for joining us, man. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate you having me on and you have a fantastic rest of the day as well. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.